Welcome to the Property Magic Podcast. My name is Simon Zucci, and in this podcast, I'm going to deep dive into the property investing strategies and investor mindset for my book, Property Magic. I will also share real estate investing hints, tips, and tricks, which I normally only share on my Property Mastermind Mentorship. Hello and welcome to episode number 34 of the Property Magic Podcast, in which I'm going to share with you some advanced rent-to-rent secrets. Now, this is actually part two of a two-part series about rent-to-rent. If you haven't listened to part one, which is on the last episode, number 33 of this podcast, you might want to go back and listen to that one first, because this will make a lot more sense. So what we're going to cover in this episode is how much can you actually afford to pay to a landlord? What do you say to landlords to want them to give you their property? How can you negotiate with them? And what kind of contracts should you have in place when doing rent to rent? So before I start, I want to make the observation that many people think this is a strategy just for people who are new to property or people who don't have any money. Now, personally, I think it is a great strategy for new investors because it's a great way to get cash flow coming in and start to build a track record. But obviously, you do need to know what you're doing. And also, I agree it is good if you don't have a lot of money because you don't need a lot of money to do the strategy. Having said that, I know some very successful investors who use rent to rent as one of many tools they use in different circumstances because it means they can get cash flow from a property that they don't even own. For example, you can do rent to rent on much bigger deals that people may not actually be able to buy. So some of my students have done rent to rent deals on entire blocks of flats. Some of my students have taken commercial offices or commercial warehouses, broken them down into smaller units, and the rent they get for all those smaller units collectively is a lot more than they pay the landlord for the property in the first place. So this works for experienced investors and also new investors. So if you do have some experience, don't think that rent to rent is beneath you or it's too basic for you. In the right circumstances, it can be a very powerful cash flow generator. So let's say you found a landlord and for whatever reason, they don't want the hassle of managing their own property and they love the idea of getting a guaranteed rent from you. So you need to make sure that what you pay the landlord is obviously low enough to make sure there's enough profit in it for you to cover all the costs and still make it worth your while. And obviously, it's still got to work for the landlord. We're looking for that ethical win-win. Now, let's say you're taking on a property that you're using as an HMO, a house of multiple occupation. Ideally, as a rule of thumb, you want to make at least £100 profit per room. So if it was a six bedroom HMO, you'd want to make at least £600 profit. If you make less than that, I really don't think it's worth doing. Now, remember, in an HMO, you also need to cover the bills and a good estimation of those costs. Again, is about £100 a room. So really, what you can charge in rent needs to be at least £200 per room more than you're paying the landlord, a hundred of which is your profit and 100 of which covers all the costs. So now let's think about the specific calculation you go through to work out how much you can afford to pay the owner of this property. And we always work backwards. 
So you go online and do your research to work out how much could I rent this property out for. Out for. So going to websites like spareroom.co.uk, you can actually see exactly how much are properties in this area like this property renting out for, what's the average, what's the lowest and what's the maximum. You'll notice there's often a real difference between the lowest and maximum rent and that comes down to the finish and the quality of the product. So let's say you work out that this is might be a, a five bedroom property and you could rent each room out for an average of £500 a month. So five rooms times £500 per room would give you a rental income of £2,500 a month. So if you're doing this on HMOs, and by the way, remember, you can use rent to rent on HMOs or service accommodation. If you're doing an HMO, remember, you're not going to be occupied all the time. You might have some void periods and I'd allow for at least 10% voids. So if the rental income, if the property was full, is two and a half thousand, let's say take 10% off that, which would be 250. So the net rent you might get after voids would be 2,250. If you're doing serviced accommodation, you want to make sure the property stacks up at a minimum of 50% occupancies, but ideally you want to aim for about 70% occupancy. Now, a really important note here is that you need to make sure you have enough, enough cash buffer in case you have some unexpected voids or unexpected expenses that you need to pay. Um, if you read my book, Property Magic, you'll remember the five golden rules. And golden rule number five is you must have a cash buffer. That's really important. And if you can't remember that, I recommend you go and read Property Magic Live just to update yourself on those golden rules. So now we know how much the rent's going to be. In this example, after voids, let's say 2250 a month. Now you need to take out the profit that you want. And remember I said you want at least £100 a room profit. So the minimum profit you should make on this property, let's say it's a, a five-bed HMO, would be £500, i.e. £100 per room times five rooms, that's 500 So remember, we're working backwards. So we've got the rent at 2500 Take off voids at 10% brings it down to 2,250. Take off next year profit, which must be a minimum of 500 pounds. That brings it down to 1,750. Remember on an HMO, you've got to pay the bills. Let's estimate that at 100 pounds per month per room. So that's another 500 pounds. So we take 500 off the 1,750, brings it down to 1,250. So in this case, 1250 is the maximum amount you can pay to the landlord. Ideally, you'd like to pay less rent, get it for a thousand or maybe 800, whatever it might be. But the maximum you can pay in this example would be 1250. Now, you might notice I've not factored in any management costs here because the whole point about rent to rent is that you are going to be managing it. It's not a passive strategy. It's very active. You're getting paid to manage this property very well, probably better than a normal letting agent would manage it because if a property is empty or got a few empty rooms, it doesn't really affect the letting agent. They don't make any money, but they don't lose any money. In this scenario, if you've got empty rooms, you are losing money. And so that's why you're going to be more focused to make sure that you're keeping it as full as possible. Thinking about the golden rules again in Property Magic, Golden rule number two is you only ever buy a property in an area with strong rental demand. 
And it's exactly the same for rent to rent. You only take on a property in an area where you're very confident you can rent this property out and get people wanting to live in the property. Now, often what you can afford to pay the landlords might not be as much as they want, in which case there's no deal. And it really depends on how motivated they are. If they really don't want the hassle of managing this property, they might be really happy as long as they're covering the mortgage and making a little bit of profit each month. And that might be more important to them than having the headache of managing the property. Now, sometimes landlords want to maximize the rent they can achieve from the property. And if the amount they want is just more than you can afford to pay, well, there's no deal. Remember, this is a numbers game. And well, you could always go back to that landlord in a month's time if they've still got a problem, because often they won't have solved it and you come back in and their motivation might have changed over that time period. Now, the reason landlords often think about they want the maximum rent is because they think, well, if the property was full, I could get this and that's how much I want to achieve. But it doesn't mean that's actually what they're achieving. So a great question to ask a landlord when they're thinking about rent to rent is how much rent are you currently receiving? Now, right now, they might only have a couple of tenants in the property. And yes, they might be able to put five or six in an ideal world. But if they've only got a couple in there, it means they're probably only just covering their costs. So it might be the case that you could actually pay them more than they are currently getting because they're not maximizing the rental income and you're taking away the hassle from them and there's still enough money for you to make a really good profit from the property. And you should always try and negotiate a rent-free period of at least two weeks because when you first take the property on, there might be things you need to do to it to get it ready to rent out. And you've got to really understand what's the problem? Why is it not renting out at the moment? You've got to make sure you're not inheriting a problem that you can't fix. So for example, maybe they're struggling to rent it out because there's a big electric pylon in the back garden and people don't really want to live right next to an electric pylon because they're worried about potential risks of getting leukemia or cancer or something because of the uh, the, the electromagnetic um, impulses that come off from the pylon. So that's not a problem you can fix. You don't want to take that property on. Usually the problem is because the property is tired. Um, they've not really kept it up to scratch and there's better property in the, in the area available to rent. And so tenants are going into better property. In that case, a light cosmetic uplift might be all you need to bring the property up to scratch, make it desirable. And, you know, maybe they've got not a very nice kitchen or very nice bathroom. And so sometimes it might need a bit more money spending on it. Now, if that's the case, remember, you don't own this property. Typically, you're going to have a contract for three to five years. At the end of that, you're giving the property back to them. That's one of the, the downsides about rent to rent. So you don't want to be spending a lot of money on the property. So either you get the landlord to spend the money and it might be that they're reluctant to do it. But they've got the money. They just haven't really wanted to. But if you're saying, look, once you get this done, I'll give you a guaranteed rent. They might be quite happy to do that. Very often, the landlords may not actually have the money to do the work that's required. That's why they haven't done it. 
They obviously haven't read Property Magic, they haven't read the five golden rules, and they don't know about having a cash buffer. And maybe they've had some tenants in that have not been great tenants. Maybe they had to get them evicted, so they weren't getting rental income. They were having to cover the costs themselves. They had to pay to get them evicted. And then there's the work needed doing to fix the property, and they've just run out of money. And that happens very often. So let's say um, a property needs a new kitchen, for example. And you've agreed to pay the landlord a rent of £800 a month, but only once the kitchen's done up. And the landlord says, well, I've, I've just not got the money to do the kitchen up. What you could do is you could pay for the kitchen. And the way you get your money back is you work out how many months do I need to not pay the landlord to get my cash back? So let's say you put in a really nice kitchen for, I don't know, £4,000. And you're supposed to pay the landlord £800 a month. Well, if you divide 4,000 by 800, the answer is five. So you could agree with a landlord, look, I'll spend the money on your property, improve your property, spend £4,000, putting this great kitchen in, that's going to add value to your property. But obviously I need to get that money back. So instead of giving you the £800 a month we've agreed, for the first five months, I'm not going to give you anything because that covers my £4,000 investment. And then after that, I'll start giving you £800 a month. What that means is, obviously, you're renting the property out. What you'd normally give to the landlord, you keep that money, which means you're recouping the money you spent on the property. So you could absolutely do that. And for the landlords who are in a difficult position where they don't have the money to improve their property, that's a really good deal for them. The great thing about working with landlords is that they might give you one property to try out and if you do a really good job with that, they might have more properties from their portfolio they're happy to give with you in these circumstances. Now, whenever you do rent to rent, unfortunately, many people are not doing it properly and they don't have the right kind of contracts in place. You absolutely need to have contracts in place that have been drawn up by solicitors who know what they're doing. And there are two fundamental types. You can have a commercial lease under which you can issue AST contracts to the tenants or you have a management agreement where you are effectively an agent acting on behalf of the landlord and you're signing the contracts on behalf of the landlord. But unlike most agents, you're actually giving them a guaranteed rent. So two different contracts. There are some considerations to work out which is best, but based on your personal circumstances. Now, right now, as I speak, there is no regulation for you to be doing rent to rent. There's no regulation at all, but there will be regulation and qualifications coming in probably within the next two years for anybody who is managing properties for other people. It's called ROPA. And I think it's a good thing to have regulation coming in because it stops the cowboys. And unfortunately, you know, rent to rent is a bit like the Wild West at the moment because there are no regulations. There are some people doing it very well properly because they've educated themselves. But there are some people who are not doing a very good job and they're collecting rent, but they're not passing it on to the owners of the property, which I think is just completely un unfair, unethical, and that you should not be doing that. So if you're using this strategy, please educate yourself. Please do it properly. And if you do that, it can be a great cash flowing strategy for you. One final tip here is if you get a landlord who says, yeah, they're happy to do a rent to rent for three to five years, then you can ask them this question. You say, and so 
if I like the property, would you consider selling it to me in that time frame? Now, they might not be interested in selling because they want the long-term capital growth. But if the landlord's fed up with the property, they might say, yeah, actually, yeah, I might consider selling it. In which case, in theory, you have a potential purchase lease option. This is where you give them a certain amount each month. You make a monthly cash flow, but you've got the right to buy the property in the future at a price that you agree now. Now, this is much better than rent to rent because it means you've got the cash flow and the potential capital appreciation. So if you want to learn more about purchase lease options, uh, you can listen to episode number 11 of this podcast, which talks all about options. It's a great strategy. And I think we're going to be seeing a lot more about options in the next six to 12 months. And I'm going to cover more about options in this podcast. So I do hope this has been really useful for you. I do hope you've learned more about rent to rent and you can understand how you can use it in your property business. If you want to learn more about this, one of my students has become very successful at this, and she's even written a couple of books, has got some free online training that I think you should definitely take a look at. So you can access this free online training at www.renttorentcourse.co.uk. Go there straight away, register, get that free training. I highly recommend it. That link is going to be in the show notes as well. If you've gained value from this episode of the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you can give me a five-star review and say what particularly you get out of the podcast. That means more people will be able to hear about it and hopefully learn from it. So until next time, remember to always invest with knowledge, invest with skill. Thanks for listening to the Property Magic Podcast. To get this week's show notes, please visit www.propertymagicbook.co.uk forward slash podcast. You can contact me on LinkedIn. You can follow me on social media. And I highly recommend you subscribe to my YouTube channel to watch loads of valuable property training for free. All of the details are in the show notes. Until next time, invest with knowledge, invest with skill.